It's an absolute pleasure to welcome on the GRV News Podcast, one of the greats of modern-day race broadcasting, Rob Tester. Rob has had a marvellous direct link to the great Bill Collins as his understudy, sharing many special moments with the legendary race caller and administrator. Rob, welcome to the GRV News Podcast. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, Victoria. Great, and it's a pleasure to be here. To honor one, of the, uh, one of the great broadcasters of all time. Rob, thanks so much for your time. Rob, can you take us back, and the listeners, of course, to when you first met Bill and what formal arrangements, if any, were put in place for your time with him and perhaps what you believe Bill's influence has been on yourself? Well, I can tell you from the start that his influence has been absolutely enormous. It's not a, it's not a, uh, not a day or a, a week goes by that I don't think of Billy has an enormous influence on my calling. I can... Uh, attest to the fact that there were a lot of things that Bill used to do in his race calls that I uh, still encapsulate in mind. I first met him, well, you know, when I was growing up, and wanted to, I should put it in context, when I was growing up and wanted to first test the waters to be a race caller, the, the only bloke I ever thought that I wanted to be, wanted to emulate was Bill Collins, and um, he was my, my idol, the bloke that I always looked up to, and um, as far as I concerned the greatest race caller that I'd ever heard. Um, in the early 80s, I was, you know, very much green in the race calling game. I was 20 years of age and had done very little race calling, but I was lucky enough to be in the right spot at the right time. I sent a tape to, uh, this is an old audio cassette tape to 3DB at the time, who were... Um, Broadcasting the, the, the Greyhounds, and I sent a letter, which would be probably a resume these days, which was just basically, look, I live in Colac and I'm one hour away from Warrnambool, Geelong and Ballarat, and I'm available to call a race meeting if you need me at any time. And a week or ten days later, Bill Collins is on the phone ringing me, which was a good enough, which would have been a great start and finish to my career. Just talking to Bill on the phone would have been enough for me, but I ended up getting a full-time gig at Ballarat every Wednesday night. And I can tell you that I went from being a very, very ordinary caller to, you know, a reasonable caller in no time, just with the consistent work. So my first contact with Bill was over the phone, and that would have been in the early stages of 1981 or 82. And Bill said to me, look, we don't know much about you, but you're on um, probation. We'll get back to you in some stage in the next, whatever, six to 12 months to tell you how you're going and how your career will progress from here. And I'm still waiting for that phone call. So that's 40-odd years later, I'm still on probation as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> well, how long did these arrangements with Bill last with yourself? Well, I sort of... Bill was... Um, Bill was a guiding light to a... Uh, uh, to a few of us from the early, well, in me in particular, from the early part of the 80s to the time he actually left race calling and beyond because he became a significant factor in the industry station when we bought 3Z at the time in the late 1980s and the early part of the 1990s. He retired from race calling but certainly had a significant impact because he was on the board in a very large figure, large shadow over all the race caller, all the broadcasting team at 3UZ from the 19, late 1980s into the 1990s, right up until his death. So from the moment I met Bill in 
smartphone in the early 80s to the time is tragic passing at too early an age, I really had a significant um, friendship with him and um, that didn't stop until the day he died. Rob, the great man that he was and certainly the impact that he had on race broadcasting and, and racing administration as well, what about, could you share with us your impressions of, of Bill Collins, the man? Very private man, honest, loyal, loyal to the, uh, you know, loyal beyond belief. Uh, remark, given his profile, his very high, high profile in, in the media and the amount of time he spent in the media, he was a very private man and uh, you didn't actually get a lot out of Bill. I know David Manning, a colleague of mine at RSN at the moment, spent a lot of Saturday afternoons with Bill as he's um, offside and doing the tote calls from the, the racetrack and he said that Bill, that there would be days where Bill hardly spoke. It wasn't because he was rude or didn't have much to say. He was just a very private man. Uh, very honest, very loyal and um, yeah, just a tremendous inspiration for all of us. Now, Rob, as you've just mentioned there, of course, his, his star quality or his star power and the shadow that he cast in race broadcasting, which effectively went uh, right around the world. He was certainly revered on, on many continents across the globe. Can you perhaps elaborate, particularly for our younger listeners, the marketing of, of the radio star, particularly in AM days, how strong that was... And what a figure he was with the broader public. Yeah, he was. Um, it, it's 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 hard to actually get it in in the right context these days. We've got you know all sorts of streaming platforms, and we've got the digital uh, in the digital age now. But back then, when um, all we had is a little tinny transistor or a black and white TV, Bill strode the stage like a colossus in, in Melbourne, in particular. He um, in the days of free to wear, he would free to wear TV in particular. He would host, co-host a show like Sunny Side Up on a Friday night, which would be watched by hundreds of thousands of people on Channel Seven. He'd also be a co-host of the Penthouse Club on a Saturday night. With Mary he'd do the races on a yeah, he'd do the races on a Saturday, trots on a Saturday night, and then on Sunday he'd turn up on World of Sport. Uh, look, it's it's impossible. Think of Bruce McAvaney to the power of about 39 and you've got the star power of Bill in the 1960s, 70s and 80s in Victoria. Absolutely enormous. He certainly was. And I think also to, to point out too, to, for our youngest listeners, even his ability as a song and dance man and playing the piano, just <laughs> extraordinary traits. Yeah. yeah, he was a, so he fancied himself as, as an all-round entertainer. Race calling was... He was a he was a sublime race caller. Look, I, I think he could have done anything. He was so good at everything that he did that if he, no matter what he turned his hand to, he would have done it justice. And he was the all-round entertainer. He could sing, he could dance, he could play the piano, he could call a race, he could just about do anything. I never actually saw him play lawn bowls. That was one of his most passionate pursuits, but they tell me... He was just as good at lawn bowls as he was at everything else. Wow. Now, Rob, what do you believe was one of your favourite moments, um, perhaps in the time that you spent with him at, at the track? The best, look, one-on-one. One day he said that he used to always address you as son. Son, look, I, I think I admire 
was, look, there are terms that you use like front runner or uh, pacemaker, stuff that you use that I wish I had have incorporated into my calls. And that's stuff that you um, should be proud of. But this is what you did the other day and I don't like it. So that, that was Bill to a T. He would always sweeten the, um, sweeten the criticism, but he was always very honest and you never, ever took, took offence at what he told you. Rob, he, he sure was more than just a race caller, leaving an indelible mark on Greyhound Racing in Victoria as an administrator. Did you see much of Bill once he retired from calling? Oh, yeah, he'd bump up at the races quite often. If it wasn't Mooney Valley Trots on a Saturday night, it'd be the Greyhounds at Olympic Park on a Monday night. You, you rarely went two or three months without seeing Bill. He'd bump up somewhere. and um, Because you've got to remember that he also was served on the board of Harness Racing Victoria. Yes. Um, the Trotting Control Board or whatever they were called back then. He was chairman of Greyhound Racing Victoria for many years. And um, aside from this, he also, it should be remembered that when the South Melbourne Football Club, which were dear to his heart, were trans transferred to Sydney and became the Sydney Swans, there was a tremendous civil war broke out amongst the fans and the members of the South Melbourne Football Club and the minister, the sports minister of the time, I think it might have been Tom Reynolds, appointed Bill as the interim chairman to soothe, to bring these two warring factions together. So effectively, he became like the peacemaker of the South Melbourne Football Club, which is now the Sydney Swans. Wow. So that's, that's the sort of esteem that Bill was held in at the time. Yeah, just just an extraordinary man to, yeah. to reflect on. Yep. on. On this year that would have been his 93rd uh, year if he was still with us too. He's been gone for a long time. He died far, far too early. He's, um, uh, I, I often listen to his calls, his calls of uh, Dulcify winning the 79 Cox Plate, Dulcify winning the 78 Derby, uh, Just a Dash winning the Melbourne Cup. There are some phenomenal race calls there. Just any was so effortless in the way he called. Uh, he was an absolute inspiration to me. And I'll tell you this, Vic, when I realised as a young boy that I could never be that good, that was the making of me as a race caller because I put aside the fact that I would never be able to get into that stratosphere and I would be able to just keep my feet on the ground and carve out my own niche as a race caller. And that's, uh, yeah, that was the making of me discovering the fact that I could never be that good. Well, Rob, I would would argue with you there, but I'm sure if Bill is looking down on us now, I'm sure he would have uh, high praise for you indeed, and so would so many other other listeners to our wonderful code of racing as well. Rob, finally, what do you think is Bill Collins' lasting legacy for greyhound racing in Victoria? Look, I think uh, the legacy that, that, that Bill has left, and it wasn't just Bill, but before Bill's time, we were a quaint little industry that once the lights once the lights went on, we would fire up our fire up the greyhounds on a, at a night time, and that's about it. Now we race morning, noon, and night. Whether anybody, whether people agree with the fact that we race so much is a good thing or not, but that certainly professionalised the industry to a, a great degree. And I think Bill was a major factor in that. The the, the fact that now greyhound racing is, you know, a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week industry and a very profitable one of that. It's very buoyant indeed. Rob, look, yep. 
thank you very much for reflecting on your very special time with Bill. Um, an extraordinary situation to find yourself experiencing with the great man. And indeed, there's so many of his qualities that, that shine through in your own work. And I know personally the time that I've spent with yourself as well. So, Rob, on behalf of everyone in uh, Greyhound Racing in Victoria, thank you very much for joining us on the GRV News Podcast. Look, it's always a pleasure. I, I can't speak more highly of the man and I certainly can't stop talking about the man. He's uh, an absolute legend, an icon of the game. My, my, He's been my hero for 50 years and uh, it'll never change. Rob, thank you very much.